Money FM 89.3, best of drive time. Culture Club. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is drive time with Elliot Danker, Timothy Go, and Chua Tian It's time now for Culture Club. And Tim, we're going to talk about fitness, although it's like fitness slash technology at the same time. Nothing new there. No, nothing new there, of course. Uh, technology came into play in a big way because yeah. of the pandemic. That's true. That's true. I it's, mean, it's uh, more accessible now as well. And yeah, remember that time when that bicycle peloton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was a big thing during the pandemic, uh, among other things, of course. Mm-hmm. And there is that shift to technology with people wanting to be fit using technology and using technology to know how fit they are as well. We had a guest a couple of days ago. We were talking about blood pressure monitoring, and he's got one of those uh, wearables to I, monitor his blood pressure. I have pressure. one as well, so... It's not a wearable, but yeah, I but mean, it is all it part is, of that ecosystem, <laughs> is what we're trying to say. Uh, but it's, you know, setting aside the novelty factors of of all these new advances, the convenience that technology can offer at the same time. Question that we're asking is: um, Are gyms fast enough in keeping up with the technology revolution? In that sense, well, that's why we're here to find out today, because we have in the studio Teresa Sean, managing director of Pure Group, joining us here to talk about what gyms are doing. Good evening, Teresa. Hi, good evening. Thanks for having me. Uh, I suppose let's start off with uh, getting to know Pure Group, uh, founded back in 2002, headquartered in Hong Kong. Um, Tell us a little bit more about the company. Um, Yeah, so it was founded as a yoga studio, actually, originally in 2002. That's how we started and slowly branched out. Um, In 2005, we added the fitness part of the business Mm -hmm. and also opened in in Singapore at that time. So we've grown from, I think at the time, we only had maybe about three or four uh, clubs. And now we have 22 in Hong Kong. Uh, We have six here in Singapore and 11 in Shanghai and Beijing. So when during the pandemic, when people could not go out and started probably working out at home and using whatever is available to them online, did that affect the the people going back into an actual gym when the world reopened? Oh, I think definitely because a lot of people, because it took so long, right? I think a lot of people didn't think it would take as long as it did. Mm -hmm. And so everyone just had different habits. And I think that everyone got used to the fact of, oh, well, you know, I can just go onto YouTube Mm -hmm. and follow a class. And actually that, you know, does me just fine. So a lot of us saw a lot slower return back to the gym Mm -hmm. than um, many of us expected. I do think that the hardcore people, the hardcore gym goers definitely came back as soon as they could. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people that maybe sit in the middle of, you know, just dabbling and knowing that they should work out, but not really being too avid would be like, oh, you know, this suits me just fine. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot slower than expected. Okay. But here we are now talking about this thing called targeted fitness programs. I suppose technology plays a part in that as well. Could you give us an understanding, a better understanding about this? So I think that for us, at least, we're still very much traditional in the sense of mm. we offer a gym, we offer workouts okay. with okay. people. Uh, we do have online, you can subscribe to our online and it actually has an AI feature. So like, okay, even though you don't have the instructor with you, based on the technology, we can see whether or not your arms are in the right place or your hands so are the, the right. AI does yeah, the AI oh, Yeah, gosh. and then it will give you a score, you know, one to 10, whether or not you're doing a good job. So in that sense, we do see... See okay. that happening right now. And so I think other players are offering something similar. 
other. But for us, it's still our core business is still the clubs. Okay. Listening to you talk about how AI can help in this aspect, will technology be able to replace the human factor, though, when it comes to personal trainers and things like that? Because AI can only see as much. Yeah can only measure your arms as much as it's supposed to. force you to continue. Exactly. <laughs> and and will yeah. encourage you to yeah. keep doing that and yell at you if they have to. But can technology do this? Personally, I feel that people want human interactions. I, I think I think we saw that at every single juncture in history when mm. technology came in. I mean, you know, look at when VHS came out and people yeah. were worried about the cinemas and then DVDs and then whatever. But people still want to go to the cinema or mm-hmm. still want to go out. They still want to meet people. I think that that human connection will never go away. But maybe some people like the convenience, perhaps from what I what I understand, like places that are further from gyms like in the US you know they're huge distances so Mm -hmm. definitely then having something at home and I think what did come out of the COVID was especially in in larger countries was that people started having home gyms Mm -hmm. and then they would yeah like you say they would call in their trainer Mm -hmm. and actually have them coach them but I think that if you are living in a city and you have access to a gym with all its facilities personally from my point of view I think you would want to prefer to go to a gym but I I think that's a personal preference, I think. To expand on that, have you observed uh, whether it's a generational preference? Perhaps uh, the Gen Zs prefer to stay at home. I mean, they are primarily the ones who prefer the work from home as well. Yeah, yeah, true. I'm not sure. I would like to challenge that. I think that the Gen Zs love community. I think that they love working out with each other. What we do see is a lot of Gen Zs actually are the ones leading the trend of like your Barry's type of workouts Mm. or like, you know, your hit trainings and your with funky lights and loud music and all of that kind of soul um, cycling thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cycling through outer space. (laughs) Yeah. So the rhythm cycling, which is kind of Mm. what we're doing Mm -hmm. now as well with our crew uh, mm. collaboration. So the, the experience factor okay. is strong, I think, for Gen Zs. I have seen these and and this is where the Gen X stays home. <laughs> when I see all those lights and, and the cycling classes, I'm like, it's too much noise. But let's talk about the evolution. So now we're there, right? And you mentioned VHS before. And of course, there's Jane Fonda and... and, and oh, yeah. What's the guy's name? Oh, the Simmons. Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons, Richard yes. Simmons. Uh, so you had that uh, <laughs> in the 70s and 80s, which evolved to neon light lit gyms. And yeah, now you have yeah. all these funky nightclub type of gyms. How important is it for the fitness industry mm-hmm. to evolve and attract the right audience? Because looking at what we have now, like the nightclub type of gyms, mm-hmm. it will deter people perhaps like me who might think it's too noisy. Definitely. How do we get Tim into the gym? Yeah. Well, that's a big yeah, challenge. That. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It's difficult. And I think for a provider like us, we try to cater to as many people as okay. possible. So, yes, we do have the people who love to just work out independently. Right. You know, they just want to come in, headphones on, just do my thing and go. Uh, we have the people who just love like the Les Mills type of programs, which has been in the gym since the 80s, mm. uh, kind of like your Jane Fonda thing but they then we have another group which is I guess the group that we're trying to attract now which is the Gen Z's and Mm -hmm. and the younger uh, millennials who just love this experience thing with the lights and the sound and and I think that boutiques have the luxury of just picking one segment and saying I'm just going to go for that segment but for us because we're more of a big box provider we need to try and cater to as many people as we can. 
I'm curious about that. What is it like for a gym R&D? Do you send people to other gyms? Do you experiment with, as Tim described, like a disco type of gym? How is the R&D process like to, to improve these programs? I mean, you have to love it yourself, right? Okay. So we're, I mean, for me, like I spend my evenings on Instagram looking at other people's <laughs> <laughs> uh, fitness and what they do. What are they doing in the US? Right, right. What are they doing anywhere? And just looking at that. And then I see things. I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Maybe we should try that. Like okay. now in the US, there's this neon light pumping music yoga. Okay. Oh, yoga? Yeah, yoga. So Isn't that supposed to be ca- exactly, yoga? So, supposed to be calming, exactly. Right? So it's totally opposite of okay. what you would say yoga is. Is. So yeah. that's kind of interesting. Yeah, so that would be one. Obviously, we go to trade shows and mm-hmm. all of that, but also just keeping an eye out and seeing what's happening around us. There was a time when hot yoga was yep. the big yeah. thing. Big, big yeah. thing, yeah. Big, yeah. yeah. We, it's still really big um, at, at Pure. We, we do a lot of hot yoga classes, okay. yeah. Hmm. All right, um, from from hot yoga and, and neon yoga, let's talk about where technology fits into all of this. So we, I brought up the Peloton thing uh, hmm. earlier, but is this a trend that will continue or perhaps not? Because now we're open again and who needs a Peloton? Yeah, I think this is similar to what we mentioned just now about the depending on where you are and where you okay. live in the world. If you have access to gyms, if you have access to studios, I still believe that the human interaction will never mm. go away. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, then it is a very, very good way to still stay motivated. The other company that actually rivals Peloton is Echelon and in the US and they actually drive through their platform a lot of gamification and Mm. you know badges and things like that that then it keeps people coming back it keeps people going like I spoke to the founder just last Mm. week and he was like yeah you know we even give people when they hit their thousandth ride they send them gifts like like trophies and (laughs) t-shirts and everything and these people are working out at home by themselves but Mm. they feel like they're in with the community because they they have all these badges and and the instructor can see that they've joined right yeah. and like hey Tom I see you again well done that you're wow. here oh. so that interaction I think is is really important if you're going to go down the technology route you right. have to have interaction and connection and, and gamification but if you can access the real life thing mm. I still feel that that's better that's quite interesting. Uh, a rewards program in that sense. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Pure's new uh, Pilates Reformer program. I believe this is in partnership with CRU. So the Pilates we're doing, we, we developed the Pilates on our own. And okay. so it's basically kind of fulfilling the need in the market right now of Pilates being, I believe, um, fast forward before looking backtracking before COVID, everyone was into the hit. You know, Mm -hmm. it was so big. And I think a lot of people just got injured. And so now they're saying, okay, I want low intensity. (laughs) So I feel like this is almost the repercussions of people going too crazy with hit. But that's just my opinion. So the time of this whole... 30-minute intensity or 45-minute intensity is starting to die off? A little bit. I mean, it's still there, but people are taking it easy now. Like, rather than, like, you know, as many as you can, it's, burpees. It's torturing. It, it is. Yeah. Then it's more about form. It's more about okay. strength. It's more okay. about muscle building. For reformer Pilates, it's been around for years. It's been around for, like, 100 years already. Okay. Um, but it's just only recently caught on because of it's very 
uh, lengthening and toning and very easy on the joint. So anyone can do it and okay. it's just very accessible. And so that's one thing. And then crew is a kind of like the neon light spinning uh, um, <laughs> thing that we have just embarked on together with Crew Cycle. They're okay. a local boutique um, spin studio. And so we're doing this collaboration with them right now. I can see you in one of those. I would do a low-impact spinning with disco lights and disco balls and disco music. How about that? that yeah, we I, could definitely... They, they would do it for you. We <laughs> could, yeah, we could do a disco special would, just, just for you. I would film you. <laughs> <laughs> that might just make me go back to the gym. Um, looking forward, uh, Teresa, what sort of trends are you seeing that may be up and coming in, in the fitness uh, sector? Um, I think that the strength trend, some people don't like to call it a trend because it's been around since like, you know, I just finished watching the Arnold series on Netflix. Well, that's a good one. It's yeah. good. Yeah. And I mean, it was even back in his day, like, yeah. you know, strength training. And mm-hmm. uh, so strength training is still around and still there. And I think that a lot of people are doing it and a lot of women now are doing it, which mm-hmm. I love to see because before it was always like the weight area. No, not a single thing, woman yeah. was yeah. there. Yeah. Um, they were always in the classes. So strength training is definitely uh, still number one on the list. I would say the next biggest strength is definitely Pilates reformer and these low impact workouts that we're seeing now. So either Pilates reformer or even spinning, um, they're all low impact. And definitely the third thing is wearable tech. It's definitely Mm. one of the top three in the top five or top 10. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Just very quickly to wrap things up, uh, what's next for Pure? Um, for Pure, we're looking at really trying to diversify and get a hold of these uh, new groups, like I mentioned, like the Gen, okay. Gen Zs and targeting many different people. Like, obviously, we still are true to our original core group of people who have been coming to Pure for a long time and our yogis and our, you know, people who go to Les Mills. But we recognize that we have to move forward and we have to attract the newer generation in order to future-proof our business. And so we are looking at attracting this younger through all of these like funny funny uh, whatever we want to call it but uh, yes yeah Pilates disco time to go get ready how do you do Pilates disco it, it, we, I'll, I'll let you know once uh, once we find it yeah once we find I out I am all set we've got a camera crew here we're going to be there cheering you on Tim we're looking forward to this we've been speaking with Theresa Shan who is managing director for Pure Group Theresa thank you very much for popping thank by thank you have a great weekend ahead thanks to listen to more great interviews download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.